Hello, and welcome to the Leading with Andrew show with me, Andrew. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show all about communication and the universal motivation to get better at it. So whether you are an established speaker or you are facilitating to top executives, or you just want to get better at articulating what it is that you want, I promise you an energized dose of tips and tools. Every episode, I bring you guests who are extraordinary communicators across several industries. So let's get into it. My guest today is Andrea Zoya. Andrea is a presenter, public speaking and executive coach specialized in designing communication styles and formats for CEOs and thought leaders. Her mission in her own words, which I absolutely love, is I am committed to the people I work with to enable their authentic expression of personal power. Andrea, welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so good to find you after such a long time. And I look forward to really diving into the topic that really warms our heart. Absolutely. Communication. Yes, communication in all forms. Now, just to build a little <coughs> bit of context for everybody that is listening, I have been following, I'm going to look to camera for this because I'm just, I'm so starstruck looking at this woman <laughs> sitting across the, <laughs> looking <laughs> across the table from me. Um, I've been following your journey for such a long time. I I think I started following you in about 2015, 2016, and just watching your work and how you grew and all the events that you were doing and you were on stage. And I just, I looked up to you and in such admiration going, she's got this message that she wants to share with the world. And then in 2018, we finally got to meet in person. And uh, you actually shared the photo with me the other day on WhatsApp going, hey, remember this memory um, in preparation for this? And it was just like, it took me right back to that moment. How has your journey been <laughs> since you've been here for 19 years? Oh my gosh. So first of all, super pumped to dive into this topic and to not only tell people more about your passion and mine, but also how we have grown into communicators and why we love to support others uh, in uh, whatever they want to do, being thought leaders or uh, you know, just very good presenters. 19 years ago, if you would have told me I would be an executive communications coach, I would present, I would have become the face of Emirates Airlines, I would be like, get out of here, you must be lying. I, I came to the UAE with a very slim luggage, okay. with a pair of jeans, with a pair of boots, maybe a hundred, maximum $150 in my pocket. No ways. And I really started, like Drake said, from the bottom. <laughs> now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. <laughs> um, so... Whoa, uh, 19 years ago, I remember coming down from the plane, from, came from Romania, finished my high school. I really wanted to explore the world. I wanted to practice my English. I wanted to build something more meaningful for me, uh, explore the world, get to know, you know, the big world. At 19, when I was, I was 19 at that time, and um, extremely innocent, extremely fragile inside, extremely shy. And I landed in the, in the UAE with, um, I had a contract to be a hostess for three months. So okay. the plan was to be here for three months, to practice my English, to make some pocket money and go back to university in Romania. Okay. That didn't go like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with the skyscrapers, with Sheikh Zayed Road, with the possibility, the rich possibility of what Dubai was, is, and will be, because Dubai is the future. So I said to mom, listen, no way, why, no, no, it's, no, that's it. This is my home. I decided in, in a heartbeat. 
So from working in hospitality, just like yourself, I then went into modeling, then presenting. And then naturally, I also uh, stumbled into coaching, wanting to help people, worked for the last seven years on that. And now um, I am the person who CEOs are calling when they want to do their panels, when they want to go on the world's biggest stages, the World Economic Forum. I design their communication. I help them with their psychology, their mindsets, their words, their voice, their confidence. And I have to pinch myself as I'm saying that because... I'm still growing in that role. I'm, I'm very humble about uh, my becoming. You know, the first question I have listening to that journey is how does somebody who is shy on the inside go to coaching a CEO for the World Economic Forum? What was the change that happened there? To pack 19 years of what destiny, how destiny anyways wanted to unfold for me and the red line. Um, after working in hospitality, I said, okay, this is not enough money. It's not sustainable. Dubai is a place where you have to earn quite a bit, quite an amount. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I love modeling. And I only loved modeling because I won a beauty pageant in Romania because I was a kind of like an entrepreneur in my high school selling cosmetics, wanting to make a quick buck. And then somebody who I was in partnership in selling cosmetics when I was only 17, 18, go figure, mm. um, managed to get all the savings, all the minded. So basically I was um, uh, not wrapped, but uh, how do you get to what I'm looking for? Uh, so someone really fooled me. Mm. And I lost like 2,000 euro. So when you are 18 and you're minus 2,000 euro and you go to your mom and to your relatives and they tell you, well, you have to figure it out yourself. We told you not to turn your living room into a cosmetic uh, workshop oh, wow. or uh, <laughs> storage. Now you go figure. I'm like, mom, help me. We have money yeah. in the bank. The, the, the lawyers are, no, you go figure this out. So at 17, 18, that was the biggest test. My heart was racing. The lawyers were sending letters that I'm going to be in prison for a month if I don't pay this silly amount. The person I was in partnership with managed to uh, leave the country and not take responsibility. And my mom had the toughness to say, you go figure. I'm like, mom, (laughs) go go to grandma. We don't have that kind of money, young child. (laughs) And I was like, okay, what do we do? So I looked into newspapers. There was a beauty pageant and the price was a thousand euro. It was the exact amount I needed. I, I was the ugly duckling at that age. I was selling cosmetics and studying. I didn't have a voice. And, and the story of why maybe we're going to go into that. So for me to go into a beauty pageant was like, yeah, I have to go and win the prize. I colored my hair. I learned how to walk. I knew I don't have what it takes to be a model, or, or so I thought. And um, I, I prepared, you know, I went to the competition, pictures, prep, all that shabam. It was like a month of a project. And I just knew that I am going to win the, the beauty pageant because I needed the money. It was a very transactional. When the announcer said price runner up three, second place. And when they said my name, I didn't hear it because I, I didn't, no ex- I was too nervous. <laughs> of course. And the girls next to me, like, they're calling your name, you stupid, you silly. <laughs> and then I was shocked. I, I won the prize. I took the money. The next morning, 8 a.m., I was in the office paying the money. 
And I just felt like a big, that big burden yeah. lifted off my shoulders. And then I started to understand that I want a beauty pageant. There must be something there. But inside, I didn't feel. Didn't believe that there was this displacement. So physically, I had all the characteristics, all the elements to deserve a beauty pageant uh, you know, award and so on. And so I left it there, I paid, and then I said, okay, I'm done with the, uh, the small business, I finished high school, I want more. So that's how I said, okay, I'm going to look for Dubai, um, came here, and after I was in hospitality for those three months, uh, working as a hostess in a beautiful restaurant here on Sheikh Zayed Road, I was like, okay, I want more. And so I said, okay, promotions, modeling, but only because I knew that I could capitalize on it, mm -hmm. not because I was like, oh, this is my dream, my biggest thing, right? So when I started to knock on doors and imagine 20 years old, yeah. barely speaking English, 2004, Dubai 2004, oh. okay? No, no Burj Khalifa. No. <laughs> Dubai Mina was barely coming up, okay? Yeah. Anyway, there were like three, four agencies. I went, I enrolled, and they told me, you have a big nose, you have a hunch, you don't have any confidence, go home, kid. Oh my God. I was like, oh, there's nothing. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I did have... And a just a reminder, you're 20 years old, 22, you're 20, 20. 20 years old at this time and people are telling Super you this. Super fragile. Oof. So uh, I'm like, okay, now they made me angry. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I want a beauty pageant, it means I have a, I have a hand at, at this. I said, what can I do? And someone said, look, uh, you have the Arabic look, you could work, you're tall, but you have a big nose. Which I knew. You don't mm. have to make it even. Anyway. <laughs> don't point it out. I kept on working promotion jobs and I put together about five, six thousand dollars. I've worked very hard and I found, I don't know how, a very good Lebanese doctor. And I don't know how at 21 or 21 and a half, I had the courage to go under the knife and do a rhinoplasty, mm -hmm. rhinoplasty at 21 years of age, oh. alone. No alone to help you no one to like admit that. hospital uh, after that anyways i woke up from that surgery um the surgery was successful as everybody can see it <laughs> oh yes <laughs> oh yes i also decided to pursue modeling so i'm like okay what do i have to do guys tell me so i was taking notes teeth bad teeth you know my, my i had an upper bite and okay two years of uh, braces so here i am armed with a brand new smaller nose that helped my face have a good symmetry because mm -hmm. beauty, modeling, fashion, art is all about symmetry yep. and beauty is mathematics. So now having the correct symmetry that I don't know from really where I had the courage to do it and correcting my teeth with uh, three, four photos that I've done somewhere in Satwa or Deira, if you are from Dubai, if you are from <laughs> Dubai, in the heat of the summers, I would like go with my big heavy braces and my now smaller nose <laughs> on my high heels saying, hi, doing the model. Anyway, very humble beginnings that got me to be the face of Emirates Airlines for two years in a line. Wow. That helped me achieve over 200 TV commercials that helped me be on the catwalk of all the biggest designers, haute couture, everything in the Emirates. I was among the top 10 model most booked not only because of my looks, which I had to work hard. I had to sharpen, cut, break, <laughs> drill, mm, <yeah. laughs> correct. I mean, two years of braces is, I, I don't remember it, but it was painful because yeah. I was so ashamed. Once someone tells me your nose is big, I correct it. Now I have braces. They tell me, oh, but you have braces. It was never enough, right? 
But I knew that I wanted to be in the UAE and this was my ticket, my looks, which I didn't really believe in it. But people mm. were like, it might work. So I took a bet on me. But like inside, I was still shaking. Outside was kind of working. I was getting to get booked. When I removed the braces, it was... Uh, it just worked. It was flowing. I, I want to ask you about... You know, you were saying face of Emirates Airlines for three years, you booked over 200 TV commercials. Did that build your confidence, all those commercials or anything like that? So thank you for the powerful question. I didn't know at that time as I was trying to sustain myself and have uh, integrity and be independent, have uh, a sustainable uh, career or a beginning of a career, my at that point, I was busy surviving in the UAE and, and, you know, having my place. I didn't know that that was my foundation for starting to build executive presence, okay. manage my body language, develop vocal variety, develop um, uh, expression being animated. Because it's so daunting for the PhD holder, for the thought leader. It's so daunting to be in front of many lights mm -hmm. And say, yes, please look at me. Sure, take a photo. And take it from this angle too. Oh, of course. <laughs> it comes with the practice. It's not a... I, I have to stop you there. It's, um, and it's something that I want to point out, and particularly for people that are watching this as well. When you changed your body language, the energy in the room changed. Mm. Immediately when your back went upright and you turned, I... In my my body language immediately sort of tried to how about now oh oh <laughs> do you see what i mean though yeah. it's so incredibly powerful and while we're doing that i initially when you did that i'm like oh but then i matched oh yeah but that's also a skill you're a pro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a skill and i think people underrate that as well but going back to what you were saying that was building up the foundation. It was giving you that executive presence. And then you segued so beautifully into these PhD holders, these CEOs. Yes, they've got the, they can run these massive corporations, but sometimes they don't have executive presence. And it was something that I wanted to ask you when we were doing your intro a little bit earlier is you think CEOs have got it all together. And they do. They do, but sometimes on stage, I've seen CEOs completely mess it up and just lose it. Like they, they don't hold an audience at all. What is, if you can pinpoint it to like one or two things. Oh, I can pinpoint it. Fantastic. Okay, great. <laughs> Amazing. So if you can pinpoint two or three common factors that you coach CEOs on, what are they? They have high cortisol and they are unaware how that is affecting their avatar. Oh, mic drop high cortisol and they don't know how it's affecting their avatar so we have an emotional body we have a physical body we have our psychology it's not enough to get your communicate written by your directing uh, the com communication director and go to the podcast meet andrew uh, to the podcast cnn bbc and so on and forth notice that i've put your podcast with bbc and cnn Thank because you so i think I will take high that. of you and of your immense passion for this uh, <laughs> industry so they are unaware of how cortisol is affecting them and their cognition, their ability to be natural and authentic. They don't have time to prepare and they don't prioritize uh, preparation. They don't think of themselves as the star, brand, voice, heartbeat of two, five hundred people or thousands oh, of people. Wow. They, are, okay. they are the epicenter. They are the heartbeat 
And they don't they don't when they speak make that link? No. When they wow, speak, five hundred okay. people speak. And they they know it, of course they know it here, but they don't display it. Wow. And with 10 hours, 20 hours of practice with me, with you, with any good communications coach, they will be able to match their vision, their ambition, their hard work, uh, the, 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 the passion of, of their organization with their delivery. Uh, other factors, um, they don't involve themselves in what do I want to say Monday at 3 p.m. to my town hall, my, my uh, team, or to uh, this forum or this uh, whatever event. They don't involve themselves. They don't go to the process of why do we say this? What metaphors? What stories? What's relevant? What do I want to say? They are not comfortable to share their own personal story and reveal themselves. The vulnerability. Yeah. <clears throat> they don't know how to do it or they don't want. And then we have to have a talk to the CEO. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you get through to a CEO? I mean... It's something when I started, to give a little bit of context to the question I'm about to ask you, when I started, I did a, I auditioned for a TV show in South Africa called Top Billing. And the way that Top Billing was, this, it was this lifestyle um, program, I think it's still showing in South Africa, this lifestyle program that the presenters on there, it was very poised and, you know, looks great, but very inauthentic, right? And because that was the example that I had growing up, that's how I thought presenting must always be, where it's, you've got to know word for word, there can't be any mistakes and no vulnerability, you must project perfection. And when I started making YouTube videos, I think it was 2017, that was coming through, it was that inauthentic, I'm the presenter, I'm the star, things like that, there was, there was no connection and people would tell me that all the time. Andrew, you need to show a little bit more vulnerability. How do you translate that to a CEO? Hey, show more vulnerability. I bring, so with, I work with a lot of gentlemen. So I need to bring science, analytics, data, so they can listen. Because gentlemen tend to be more left brain oriented. And so I say, look, Jonathan Haddad uh, wrote in his book, uh, The Happiness Hypothesis, that our brain is made of, uh, of course, so we have three major components, limbic reptilian, prefrontal cortex. Limbic reptilian is considered, and Jonathan Haddad uses the metaphor of reptilian, and limbic system is like an elephant, mm -hmm. which is more than 500 million years old, right, in our evolution. You are smiling because you know about the book, right? So I use that example with the elephant and the rider. The rider is the prefrontal cortex, which is 150,000 years. And I say, if you don't speak to the elephant, to the emotional brain, the prefrontal, the rider, the prefrontal cortex is going to get bored. So after two, three minutes, you, you will hear it. People will hear it, but you won't be able to have the emotional connection, the human connection. So when you tell me, when you reveal a little bit about you and you show me your humanity and we rehearse it here together mm -hmm. then people your audience will feel oh my boss is not only you know the visionary and the one who takes risks but he's also someone who misses uh, something or not to, to go to his daughter's uh, school to uh, for her audition and then when you decide on paper what is that you want to reveal and you have it ready and i create a system for ceos okay to, ceos to love a system I know. Yeah. <laughs> actually, 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 I'm lucky because 
you always have to, anyways, you always have to give your client what he needs. That they, they will tell you how they want to be coached. Mm -hmm. And I listen. They've requested that from me. And now in putting it together, all the other CEOs are also like, oh, that's so cool. Amazing. Right? Because it's not, okay. So um, I go with data. I explain to them the science, the psychology. And when they understand that, uh, they are like, okay, fine, I give in. <laughs> You said something there that I really want to pick on. And it's, um, I understand the whole uh, reptilian limbic system. We call it when uh, when something happens, it's the amygdala hijack, right? When your emotions just completely flood, that cortisol floods your brain and you go straight into your reflex. And you said if you don't speak to the limbic reptilian brain, the prefrontal cortex gets bored. You have to tell me more around that. Sure. So if we, uh, as you are very familiar with the concept, if the reptilian and the limbic are over 500 million years old, we were, we evolved through stories. We were learning about uh, history. If we were in a tribe and if someone would come from a hunt, uh, they, will tell you, they will tell you a story about, because, you, you know, they can't show you a video mm -hmm. on any device. So because we've learned and we gather data through stories, we are most wired to create a change, to, to trade the belief that I have with what the CEO is telling me through an example, through a story. So there is a, there is, I, ca I can only bypass your prefrontal cortex, which is your analytical brain, with through a story. a story because your limbic brain will give in. Oh. Stories, stories, stories. Okay, I am so excited right now because you Me have touched too. on something that I is know. just so incredible. And if you read any sort of, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Brene Brown, right? Yeah. And Atlas of the Heart. Atlas of the I Heart. I know. I heard you. See, I follow you too. Yeah. <laughs> See the proof in the pudding. <laughs> exactly. And we, as human beings, and it's one thing that I, I love pointing out because I used to struggle when I, before I would take to stage or take to camera or take to mic on a podcast, I would have conspiracy theories in my own brain. About? Oh, how I'm going to mess it up, what I'm going to look like. And because nothing was based on fact, my brain confabulated. So it put in places into a story and created a story in order for me to get the hit of dopamine. Yeah, you're going to look stupid. Why bother doing it? You know what I mean? And that really stops you. And what you said over there, we as human beings connect through story. It's one of the oldest traditions. If you look at any culture, you're sitting around a fireplace, you're telling ghost stories when you're camping. Um, you, uh, uh, tribes from back many, 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 hundreds and hundreds of years ago would tell about the legends of how they came to be. And that is so beautiful. And you read any TED Talk book, you read any, and you've done a TED Talk as well. So 2018. Yes. Yeah, I which remember. Which I'm very proud of. Of course, absolutely. And we can touch on that as well. Yeah. But we, every TED Talk, and I, I was reading a TED book the other day on, you know, the whole structure, and it's stories and metaphors. And I think that's what it is. They when feed, they feed the elephant. They, fe they feed the limbic system and they Just help you buy. in this analogy that I love. Amazing. Thank you. More on stories. I was groomed by many mentors, by many local uh, from Dubai and international mentors. One of them is the glorious and incredible Lisa Nichols, with whom I've worked in 2018. So she taught me live the V story. Okay. The V story has is, is the shape of the V. Yeah. At the top, first, you mentioned to an audience your achievements. Yes, I coach CEOs. Yes, I present. Yes, I live in Dubai for the last 19 years. Yes, I'm established, independent. I have my boutique firm here in Dubai. But not many people know. that. So now you're, you're going down to mm. the valley, to the V. 
So now you will say, but not many people, even though I am confident, even though I love communication, even though I'm well-spoken, not many people know that when I was seven years old and my father passed away, I developed self, uh, selective mutism, which means I was mute for a number of years. So I became invisible. I didn't have friends. I, did, I chose not to communicate. My family was worried. I was worried. Oh I was God. in the dark. So now I will stay here for 30 minutes in this story and I will tell you what happened to me, how I came out of that, of that, how I've healed, which is basically the story God wanted me to live in order to transmute, heal, go through all these fires to come out so much stronger so that when anyone, anyone of any age, teenagers, which I still coach, CEOs, executives, uh, people who want to start a speaking career, anyone comes to me with stuttering, uh, not having a really strong voice, no poise, not knowing what to put in their keynote speech, um, not being able to any problem on the face of the problem of the world, of the planet that has to do with communication, I got your back. Because I've gone through literally all the fires, having my confidence crushed, fragmented in zillions of pieces when I, when I was seven. So now that's my V story, and I'm going to go up, 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 up to tell you where I'm heading. Oh, mm. I, I'm 39. I'm enjoying this podcast so much with you. Although I'm busy, I loved your invitation. I love what you do, and I honor your passion for this okay. industry. And I'm on my way to put more online programs. I'm on, I'm on my way to write a book. I'm on my way to travel the world and impart and put a drop sparkle of me in as many people as possible and i want to build people the v the v the lisa v. nichols thank you lisa nichols thank you lisa nichols um the one thing that you said about the v when you get to the bottom you were saying it was the valley mm -hmm. do you think we could go and take it a step further and go that's where your value is mm. <laughs> when you were saying that because that's that's the value that Absolutely. you bring. Absolutely. <laughs> Sold, signed, sealed, <laughs> and delivered. Because that's where your value is. Yeah. And um, my, one of my favorite uh, broadcasters, uh, Robin Roberts, um, she's a broadcaster for Good Morning America. And she says in one of her masterclasses is, let your mess be your message. Right. And disclaimer for everyone listening to this podcast. If you are still in your valley and you're looking with a little bit of jealousy, Towards those people who came out of their valley, don't despair. God is there. Light is there. Please reach out. Look for help. Oh, I love that. Because it's so easy for me, for you to say, oh, I overcame this. And then I yeah. overcame this. Because I have my resources. I have my, the red line that is, that is crossing through yeah, H0. Red thread. red thread. Thank mm -hmm. you. And, and you have yours. So if you are in a bit of a mm, funk, mm, depression, mm, sadness, heartbreak, whatever, ask for help. You will overcome that valley. And if, like Andrew said, it will become your value. Becomes your value. <laughs> oh, my word. I want to. Do you still get nervous whenever you go on stage? Duh. Really? Of course. Okay, tell me more. Okay. <laughs> what happens in your... I've, I've been That's my question I've been dying to ask you. <laughs> Because what happens to me, um, and it's like people ask me all the time, do I get nervous? And there's there's certain times where I still do get nervous. Not all the time. There's always that little bit of concern. So the one thing that I, I love doing is obviously facilitating. It's, it's, it's a calling. It's what I'm really, really great at. And whenever I'm about to go to the front of the room to facilitate, there's still that little bit, but it's not anything that's going to make me, oh, oh, this is terrible. 
Whereas if I go into a stage, um, depending on the size of the audience, whatever, I just feel, I don't, I'm not like I'm nervous, panicking, panicking, but sometimes my mouth goes dry when I start. So I'll start and I'll say my opening line or my opening phrase, and then my mouth will go dry a little bit. I push through and nobody is ever able to really tell that that happens, but I still find it interesting. But I use it as a benchmark to go, if I'm not getting nervous when I'm about to edutain people, then I need to stop because then I'm not passionate. I agree with that partially. Okay. So my level of uh, anxiety, fear, stage fright, uh, concern is in rapport with the perception that I have over what am I going to do. If I perceive the unfamiliar uh, podcast interview, uh, keynote speech, appearance on TV, uh, delivering, uh, uh, delivering a program, if I perceive it as far off in the unknown and I'm not ready... Of course, my brain will give me signals that I'm in danger and I should go and stay and I should maybe back out or prepare more. So the beauty about fear of public speaking uh -huh. is that it's always you have the control, you have the keys, you have you're you in charge. So if I'm honest and I recognize, OK, what is new about the situation? how much I know, how much I don't know. If I don't know 20% and if I know 80, I simply have to focus on the 80. Focus on what I know and say to myself, because it's about my self-talk and the command I give both my limbic and uh, the, the, the elephant and the rider, I, ha I have to say to myself that 20%, let's see, you know, we've done this before. Let's see what's going to happen in that 20%. But remember, we have 80% solid, if that's the case. I love it. Oh my word, I love that so much. So I want to say that because I haven't had a chance to state this in the last, during the pandemic, because I've created so much more programs and systems, I found that I'm sincerely committed to redefine and simplify public speaking. Okay. Because in 2012, when I found myself in Kunokunia in Dubai Mall buying Del Carnegie, with like kind of like a poor intermediate English level, I listened to Del Carnegie and I felt like, oh, uh, don't understand. <laughs> uh, fancy words, <laughs> academic words. And I was like, uh, dude, I didn't like my English teacher <laughs> in high school. And I, I, I speak just a few words of English. This is too complex. And I had to yeah. listen to that. Audience. So now I'm like, okay, I've read almost everything under the sun. I got the best mentors. I went to Romania. I've worked with the best TV presenter. Uh, she's still my mentor. Um, I look up to Vusit Mbekayo. Sometimes I ask him a few questions. He's South Africa's mm -hmm. best uh, leader, human, public speaker, yeah. investor, and so on and forth. So I surrounded myself with like the best people. So whenever I have an area I don't know, I can immediately ask. Okay. And I also, I aim to continue to simplify and to, to demystify all these because I don't like the old definitions. I don't like mm. that anyone, not, many, not too many people disturb themselves to go and say, this is a myth, it's not valid anymore. So, yeah. If you had one thing to say, talking about, and I, I love how you want to simplify public speaking, because I've done Dale Carnegie, I've done, um, I've done some of their, their certification courses, I've done Toastmasters, I've done uh, a TV presenter training at ITV Studios in London, and... Fantastic. But if you had to say to somebody um, that is listening to this or watching this right now, that is holding themselves back from either applying to speak up in a meeting or <laughs> to 
take that facilitation gig or to talk at that um, town hall that's coming up, what is the one piece of advice that you'd give them? You are paying a very high cost for keeping yourself invisible. Oh, what is the what is that one saying? Um, the if the cost of if you think the cost of success is too high, wait until you get the bill for regret. Wait until you get the bill for regret. Indeed. Wow. So I get enough managers, uh, people who are changing their positions, and they say, "I'm afraid." I get it, but why haven't you done this five years ago? And, and, and I, I, I meet people exactly where they are because every time I coach anybody, I coach myself. Oh, yeah. Right? So any, Absolutely. Anytime uh, people are, are, are like, oh, I need this, I need that, I do have the one-second judgment on like, really? Like you're, you're in a high position, your driver brought you here, you're good. Why haven't you given attention to this? I ask myself that for a second, then I, I meet people where they are because everyone has priorities, kids, travel, health. Right. So I, I coach enough people to tell those listening right now that everybody regrets when they realize that, huh, so you mean with breath and, and self-monitoring and better uh, internal dialogue and, and preparation and memory and metaphors and stories and you holding my hand, Andrea, I can do this. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's also I wish I would have done it. Mm. So then don't hesitate. Book Whoever you resonate, book Andrew, book Andrea, book whoever you want, wherever you are in the world, but ideally us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Because we are beyond passionate and start in, in a matter of um, 90 days, in a matter of three, four months, you will be off on your way speaking, leading, uh, having an opinion, putting your values in check, your stories, being vulnerable having better human connection with everyone around you. So start now. Come on, come Absolutely. on now. Start, start, start <laughs> now. You said something there that I want to sort of wrap up on before I, um, before I ask you one big last question and then we go into the rapid fire questions. Um, is, you know, if you start now in 90 days or 60 days or whatever the journey is, and I think that's one thing to whoever's listening that really wants to start their journey now is you're not going to go from zero to a perfect public speaker in two days. There is no perfect public speaker Precisely. in Precisely. Precisely. It's one step every day of a little bit of um, courage that then adds up to confidence. And that's really what I want people to go. Because when people start on a journey like this, what I, what I tend to notice is that they immediately compare themselves to somebody who's doing the best in that area already. And that obviously is setting yourself up for failure. So if you're able to, if it's something that you want to do, whether it's something you've got to say, facilitate, speak, or talk about, take a deep breath and do it because that little step of courage is going to add up to the confidence that you'll have one day. Now, you have a lot going on. You are an executive coach. You are doing your keynotes. You are making your appearances. You are building and sharing content with the world. You are still have to be your own person. And You've I'm got just a starting. Team that you and, and you're I'm just, just starting. starting. Literally, I'm just starting. <laughs> How do you reconnect with yourself when all of this is going 140 kilometers an hour down the highway? 
I call two people. Okay. I call Laura Gitze and Katarina Kargard. Okay. <laughs> uh, Laura Gitze has been a friend. She's a family constellation specialist and psychologist. And Katarina Kargard is a neighbor, friend of mine, who is also a psychologist. They have the energy, they have the tools to help me bring me from my head into my body. Okay. So they are like, have you done a meditation? Uh, are you grounded? Uh, are you walking barefoot? Uh, let's do a family constellation. Let's see what's happening there when you're with your ancestor, with your energy. So I have my system in place. And then I ground myself. And uh, aromatherapy. I, I have right now oils in my bag. I put some oils before I Amazing. before before we've met because they are, again, feeding and helping my limbic and my system and my elephant become. Because we can't make a memory without a smell. So when you use aromatherapy, you're telling your limbic system, your elephant, you're safe, you're good. Oh, Lord, so I it's a way that. to it's a way to hack your limbic oh, system. What a takeaway! To, <laughs> so because I saw a story once where a girl was um, she walked around with a clicker, and every time something made her smile, she would click. And after weeks and weeks and weeks, there wasn't necessarily anything that made her smile, but if she clicked, she would smile, mm. and she'd have the release of endorphins. You train yourself how to treat yourself, and obviously how to get yes. others to treat you. You are the master of your internal world. I love that so yeah. much. Okay, Good. are you ready for some rapid-fire questions? I think I am. Let's okay, see if I let am. Me get, let me bring them up here. Rapid-fire questions. What is the one thing you learned through experience that if you learned it sooner would have changed the course of your life? To believe in myself. Oh. Oh. So it's a rapid fire. So it's a rapid fire. To <laughs> if we've got time, I'll come back to that. Three songs on your playlist and why do you love them? Eduard Kuntz, a uh, Russian uh, pianist whom I've got the chance to interview. He's a genius in its own right. Um, it helps my brain think better. Celine Dion, massive fan, met her, met her ha late husband. Um, Beyonce, energy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. Um, what do people get wrong about you all or most of the time? That I am um, this uh, super strong, indestructible, always uh, happy, hip, colorful, milk and honey person. I'm not. I'm <laughs> milk not. And honey. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I love that. I'm, you are going to be my milk and honey from now on. <laughs> I love okay, that. Good. Uh, number one travel hack. <laughs> I need to travel more to give you a <laughs> Travel with me. Okay, done. Done. We'll, we'll plan a trip together and then we'll come back and answer this question. You're on a private jet and you can have three people with you, famous or not famous. Who are they and what are you talking about? I would love to have Audrey Hepburn there Ooh. just to empathize and feel her majesty, um, genius, elegance. Oh, I just adore her Amazing. spirit and... Um, okay. uh, to, to, to continue a long conversation that we don't have time uh, one more person um, I would like to learn more from Richard Branson oh wow yeah. okay what a mix I know that is brilliant random, I love it very random final rapid honest. fire question mm. finish the sentence getting better at communication is easy oh oh I love that it's easy <laughs> I, I want that. to simplify this. Yes. Oh, my word. Everybody gives such a great answer. This is amazing. <laughs> Getting better at communication is easy. <laughs> <laughs>
I love that. It really <laughs> is. I've learned English. I've learned and started to articulate my, uh, be able to be articulated only since 2012. I didn't speak much English until 2012. Hello. Wow. I've learned to, I've earned my place on stages, learned my self-contracts with executives on my own. Everyone can do it. I'm an example that everyone can do it. Amazing. Oh, Andrea, I have had the most incredible time having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, where can our listeners and viewers get hold of you? How do they contact you? For now, as all the platforms and online programs are still uh, undergoing and mm -hmm. I'm still working on them with the team, okay. easier, easy, the easiest is Instagram and LinkedIn. Perfect. And I look forward to receive all their questions and to tell them why I think public speaking, speaking on stage, being a rock star speaker is an easy process. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. I look forward to the next episode. And Andrea, one more time, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Same here. And I have to tell everyone that they have to... Get Get coached by you because your heart, your passion, and the way you are holding space for people is incredibly unique. Thank you. Thank mm. you so much. Pleasure. Well, there you go. Another episode on communication. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, connect with us on Instagram at Leading with Andrew.